Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, July 19th. Welcome, you guys, to the show. We are excited about tonight's show. Um, just want to remind you, if you have a comment or a question, you can give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Now I'm going to turn it over to Denise. Let me bring her on the line here. All right. Turn it over to Denise. She has some beauty news. Good evening, everyone, and once again, welcome to this show. Just very quickly, I have uh, one thing from the Powder Group. Uh, The Powder Group is sponsoring Makeup 101 online with James Vincent and Bethany Towns, August 10th through 11th. For the very first time ever, the Powder Group's iconic Makeup 101 program will be presented completely online as a part of their TPG online series. This is the same incredible program that has been resetting makeup artists' craft for the last 17 years, but in a 2020-friendly digital session. Over two days, James and Bethany will help develop a deep and focused understanding of our industry, your craft, and you as an artist. Not just for new artists, Makeup 101 takes you beneath your process and guides you through personal development from the basics and beyond to a new, more focused way of looking at your work and who you want to be as an artist. Makeup 101 is a program that separates fact from fiction. It gets you to an elevated place in your industry, technique, career, and the overall art of being a strong, working makeup artist today and tomorrow. In an industry that has been forced to face new realities on many levels, 
The Potter Group wants you to prepare wants to prepare you for today's industry. With more and more makeup artists every year, standing out from the pack is more important than ever. Makeup one on one is not only an amazing way to get your start in truly understanding the process and world of the professional makeup artist, but it's a great way to great way to rethink regroup and rework your artistry for those who have already been working in the industry but want to move uh, their artistry to the next level. So to register or to get more details, you can go to thepowdergroup.com. Again, the class is taking place online uh, via Zoom August 10th and 11th from 12 to 1.30 p.m., 2 to 3.30 p.m., and 4 to 5.30 p.m. each day. Again, it's 12 to 1.30 p.m. or 2 to 3.30 p.m and 4 to 5.30 p.m. each day. And there's some other uh, important details about the class. Participants must be available for all parts of the program. Again, the uh, class is taking place on Zoom. Participants must have a registered Zoom account in order to participate. Um, A suggested kit list will be sent to all attendees um, in advance of the program. And a selection of supplies will be sent to to each participant from uh, the Powder Group and their sponsors. Um, the participants are encouraged to register prior to July 24th uh, so that they can guarantee uh, the, their receipt of the supply, um, supply kit prior to the session. And again, to register and to get more details, you can go to thepowdergroup.com. If you have questions, you can email Kenya at thepowdergroup.com. And then the Makeup 101 online is sponsored by Scandinavia, Cinema Secrets, Royal and Langnickel, Senna, Temp to the makeup light and makeup forever. All right. All right. We are, again, we are excited about tonight's show. Once again, if you have a comment or a question, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. You must press the option to speak with the host so that we know that you want to speak and we'll get you on the line. Um, Again, our guest tonight is our friend. She's a makeup artist and beauty guru, and she's the former hair and makeup supervisor of Disney's The Lion King First National Tour. Welcome to the show, Jennifer Ivey. Well, hello, ladies. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Absolutely. So, you know, I wanted to get you on because we were recently talking and talking about your experience. And I thought, well, this would be a great conversation for Beauty Talk, so I'm glad that you're able to get on with us tonight. So why don't you, Jennifer, yes. start off the conversation Start off the conversation by just um, introducing yourself and tell us what inspired you to have a career in beauty. Okay. Um, my name is Jennifer Ivey. Um, uh, I, my first kind of you know, deal with makeup is, of course, being a little girl, I used to always love to dress up as Halloween, at Halloween time and, you know, kind of explore, explore that aspect of everything. And then as I got older, I kind of spun off into the field of fashion. And so while in college, um, I'd have to do like a, a project after each quarter. And the main thing that I was mostly excited about was getting my model ready. I was also excited about designing the clothes and making them and getting my model all together, but I really loved the um, just that that uh, instant gratification 
of, you know, because it would take me weeks to make something. But then when I did my model, I did hair and makeup, and I kind of saw the whole thing come alive. So that's kind of where my start was with, um, like, makeup and stuff. So that's what kind of inspired me because um, I feel like um, beauty is is also it's it's clothing, it's culture, it's history, it's environment, it's it's everything. It's just not you know you're just painting a face. It just has a it has a purpose you know for other. It helps you. It inspires you for other things. I guess I should say. Right. Well, speaking of that, let me ask you, what inspires you in general? Um, a lot of things. Um, art, um, like I said, history has so much to do with, you know, what we do presently. Um, color, um, feelings, um, it's just a different thing. I guess it just depends on what day it is. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I can be inspired by a plant someday, you know, or by inspired (laughs) by food. It just depends on Mm -hmm. what it is. But I think, you know, there's just, there's an aspect of beauty in just about everything. I guess it just depends on what, what is beauty to you. And Mm -hmm. beauty to me is just, it's, it's in everything. It's in everything. So let's go back a little bit. Um, I can't even remember the year that we met you. Um, but you were 2002, mm-hmm. 2002. So you were working on film and television sets. Um, yeah. How did you get, how did you get to the point where you began to work on the Lion King? Well, theater was kind of my background because I kind of bounced back and forth. I went to the university of Cincinnati. So I was mm-hmm. in the design um, the design program, which was called DAP at the time, Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning. But then I found myself over at CCM, which was the Conservatory of Music, and that's kind of where the theater is. So that's kind of where my roots always was. You know, I kind of um, kind of leaned back and forth, and I always loved musicals growing up. So I was always fascinated by the theater. So I moved to Atlanta in 97, and, um, you know, there was a, a, a strong, you know, theater group here, you know, with the Alliance and um, the Fox and, you know, different other small theaters, you know, in and around town. And I kind of started getting into that and doing the opera and the ballet and, and things like that. And um, I just kind of found myself at the, well, the first time Lion King played in Atlanta, they were playing at the, um, the Civic Center. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, when tourists come into town, they pick up local people. So mm-hmm. I kind of got on the list of being a local. And so when different shows would come to town, then that's kind of how I got into the whole theater thing, which at the time, you know, Atlanta's so different now. At the time, you know, you had to kind of know how to do a little bit of everything. You know, it just wasn't, right. you know, film and television oriented. You know, you had to do um you know, commercial or you had to be very well-rounded if you wanted to work. I mean, don't you think that's mm-hmm. fair to say? Yes, I do. Um, so since Absolutely. I had that kind of background, it was very easy for me to um, kind of get into that world because I had come from that background in Cincinnati. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So so you you when the Lion King came to town, you were one of the locals. They asked you to come on to work. Mm-hmm. And then at what point were you asked to travel with the show? Well, oddly enough, at the time, um, Lion King was one of those musicals where what they call you would sit down in a city for longer than two weeks. Because normally mm-hmm. if the show plays down at the Fox, especially back then, it was maybe a two-week run if you're if it was a really big show. And, and, and most of the time it was just a week. You know, you'd load in on a Tuesday, um, load out on a Sunday, and then the next show would come, you know. But Lion mm-hmm. King sat down here in Atlanta for, I want to say, like, six weeks maybe. It might have been a little bit longer because that was the, the tour was pretty new then. I think Atlanta was their, I don't know, maybe fourth city of the first national tour. Mm-hmm. So um, I was a local there, and I had just gotten to know the people that were traveling on the road. They traveled with um, three people, three um, makeup and hair people, and then they picked up two local people in each city, so that made the team five people. So, um, you know, these people travel, you know, 365 days a year, and they often try to find people along the way that they feel like are qualified and get along with, and that would be a great person to train them on their track. That's what it's called. You know, whatever um, character you're doing on the show, you have a track. And, um, you know, you have to take a vacation at some point. And so they had played here for six or eight or nine weeks. I can't remember what it was. And then I got a phone call, like, would you ever be interested in coming out and being our vacation swing? And I was like, sure. Didn't know what that meant, but I was like, sure, I'll, right. I, I'd like to do it. You know, I'll, I'll see what's going on. And <laughs> so I went out a couple of times, and most of the time what they did, because it was three people, and just by the way you travel, and, um, you know, you want to have a, a, a city or a time where you um, you have enough time to take a vacation. So say if you're sitting mm-hmm. down in a city for six weeks and you got three people that need to take two weeks vacation, then that's, you know, that's perfect. You, ha- you have one person that you train on all the tracks, and then you have your person that you keep going to every time you need time off or you need to do something, and I became that person. And so that's how I started off. So, um, you know, they would decide what city they wanted to take a vacation in, and sometimes it would all be all three of them, so I would be out for like six weeks or eight weeks or whatever, or then I would just mm-hmm. – um, go out for maybe three weeks or maybe only one person was taking a vacation that time or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I got to know the people on the road and I got to know, you know, the job to be done and I knew everybody's makeups and, you know, their wigs and all that stuff like that. So um, then there was a, a position became available and they were like, um, well, we were looking for like a, well, I don't think they, in theater, they don't really call it like, first, second, third, so to speak, I was just going to be the third makeup artist. Because mm-hmm. um, then you have the supervisor, and then you have the supervisor's assistant, and then you have the extra person. So I guess maybe so. It's just a, it's just not supervisor Call key. that. Third. Right. They don't really say that. Right. So I was like, sure. And honestly, guys, I thought, I'll do this for six months. This will be great. Thirteen <laughs> years later. <laughs> I had no idea. It was so not my plan. It was so not my plan. I right. thought, you know, 
I'll go. It'll be a great experience. They had some cool cities. It was like Philly, Baltimore, um, D.C. Yeah, sure. I had no idea. No idea. (laughs) And I, you know, I started off as that, you know, the vacation swing. Well, the local, then the vacation swing, and then I was the third traveling makeup artist. And if someone had told me, you know, in 13 years you're going to be supervisor, I would have said, you're crazy. Right. Because that was so not my mission. I was, I did not go, you know, thinking that that was going to be the long-term scenario. Right. And honestly, at the time when it happened, um, when the supervisor at the time was leaving, I had no idea that they were advocating for me to, to do the job. And so when the company manager came to me and said, we'd like for you to be the supervisor. I was like, what? I was having a good time. I was enjoying what I was doing. And, you know, you learn so much along the way. And, you know, I know people think, oh, my gosh, you were there for so long. But, you know, when you're doing live theater like that, it's never the same. You You might go through the motions. But every night is something different, and you have to be prepared yeah. for that. Absolutely. Because it, it, at eight o'clock or seven thirty, a show's gonna happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So you better be prepared because it's gonna happen, and you gotta always have an A, B, C plan in the back of your head somewhere because it is live theater, and you have singers, you have dancers, and you know, things happen and people call out and your main goal is not for the show to stop. Because I don't know if you've ever been right. at a show when something goes horribly wrong. That's the last thing you want. Well, let, let, let's talk right. about that a little bit, uh, Jennifer. Let's talk about that a little bit. So, I mean, what if, what if you're there and you're all ready to go and everybody's been made up, they have their wigs on, their costumes on, and then right as it's time to go out, your main person gets sick. What well, happens? you're familiar with the show, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, the main character was Fiki, who basically opens the show. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had scenarios where, you know, she sang her opening notes, and you got to know the show so much that you could hear it in people's voices. And mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, my God, she's about to call out. So what I had to do as a supervisor is I made sure all my team at all times knew everyone's makeup. Mm-hmm. So because we're doing various jobs when the show starts because we have to space out our makeup because, you mm-hmm. know, we have other characters that are coming on after that mm-hmm. first act. So, you know, what? we would start our makeup two hours before showtime, but we would be doing makeup all the way up until intermission. Mm, so if okay. something goes horribly wrong at the top of the show, you got to be on point and be able to get someone dressed, well, not dressed for us, but makeup and wig ready so that show doesn't stop. So wow. I made sure all my team knew all the makeups, and I mean, I need, I need you to do them like with your eyes closed. Because we cannot have this show stop. And so we would, you know, we would have scenarios 
and there would be one woman that was Rafiki in the beginning of the show, and then by the time she comes back on, there's somebody else, and the people in the orchestra, <laughs> the pit, orchestra pit, I would be getting texts from some of my friends that were musicians like, okay, what just happened? <laughs> Why is this person on? And, and I was like, well, our main lady called out, so we had to make it happen. And also, we had kids. We have four kids that we traveled with. You know, kids get sick, and kids, you know, mm-hmm. they try to, I can do it. I'm okay. I can do it. And they get out there, and they can't do it. we got to get another kid ready quick. Like we wow. have a song or a few verses. So in saying that, I always have like a backup, like a prep. So anybody that was a swing for any of the characters, main characters or ensemble, mm-hmm. I'd have all mm-hmm. their wigs prepped and ready. So we'd have mm-hmm. a swing box, and then we'd have a box for, you know, a, a gondola with everybody's wig and everything in it for the main characters. And so, therefore, if someone were to call out, you would go right to that box. That it's labeled where their wig is. You go. You might have to catch them off, of, you know, stage left, wing, wing one. You know what I mean? It just, it, it's live theater, so you have got to be on your toes at all times. So okay, so live theater, okay, you've got to you've got to replace an actor. Like how much time? I mean, like you said, it could be a song, and you may have to send somebody else out there in her place. But like, what are you? I mean, you've got the wigs prepped, so okay, the wigs can go on quickly. But when it comes to the makeup, what are you focusing on to get them out okay. there? Okay, so because we have so many weird scenarios at times, you know. And again, you're dealing with theater, so you're in like a house that's 2,500 people. Mm-hmm. So you know it's not a tiny little detail of an eyeliner. You have to be mm-hmm. used to paint big, right? So if we had a scenario where someone would call out and we didn't have that much time to do anything, we had another version of makeup. So like you know, Simba had the red triangle. So we would just imply the red triangle if we didn't have time to fill it in. You got to make, you know what I mean? You got to, you, you got to paint the biggest thing that you possibly right. can to get by. Right. And then, you know, if the, like I said, if it's like right in the middle of a show and it's a important part for that character and they have to be there, you got to imply it. So then I had like a makeup situation for that. Like when we only got a few minutes, we're going to do this. If we got more time than that, then, you know, we kind of worked like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, somebody would be doing the red. Someone would do the blue. Someone would do the green. So, you know what I mean? We all had our own colors mm-hmm. that we would know to do. And then we would powder if we could. If not, come back later. You know, if it was a thing where we got just get to intermission and then we would just repair everybody at intermission. But the the point was not to ruin the show for people. I mean, Lion King was not cheap. People paid money off the wazoo to see that show. And the last thing I ever wanted was for someone to be disappointed after you paid the money and waited that long. And then you get, and we'd have to stop the show for hair and makeup. Mm-mm. Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> not on my yeah, watch. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I don't want you to say, oh, well, we paid $300 for those tickets, but, you know, Rafiki didn't have a this one. Oh, no. Not on my watch. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was going to be fine. It might have been a hot mess in the background, but nobody knows that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there, like, one – I'm sure there's been many lessons learned and many um, – things that have come up that that you could talk about, but is there one lesson that you can share that you've learned that has made you a better makeup artist? Something that you've learned throughout your experience with, with this particular show? Um, you know, the main thing I did learn is you can't panic. You cannot panic. I'm just not a person that I would rather have a plan. And there would be some nights I would come home from the show and I would think about, oh, my gosh, well, what if this happened? What would you do? So I guess for me it was always that being prepared Um, because so many things could go horribly wrong. (laughs) When you really let take your mind there, it can go so bad, but then if you have a plan and you don't panic, it always works out. Nice. I mean, I think that's the best thing I can say because there have been times I have been, you know, we would play some old theaters that, you know, you have to run up the steps and there's no crossover on the stage. You have to run downstairs, downstairs under the stage. And, I mean, I would be, like, running and trying to put makeup on people and uh, a wig and just, you know, and if I was a frazzled person, it would have never worked because you have to keep your actor in mind. So if you're a hot mess and they've just been called to go on and say they haven't been on in like six months and then you can't pull it together, then that just makes for all bad. So you just got to be, you got to be calm. You got to be focused. Like, okay, we're going to get this done. And you know what I mean? You you just can't. I guess that's the main thing I had to learn. You can't lose it. Right. Focus. Mm. It'll work out. It will work out. Wow. So I guess that was the, that was the main thing because there's been so many things. I'll give you an example. So, um, we would have basically one day to travel, sometimes two, depending on how far we were coming. Well, we were coming from, uh, it was cold. No, we were coming from Seattle to San Antonio, but the trucks had to go through a lot of inclement weather to get to San Antonio because Lion King at one point had 21 trucks to travel Mm -hmm. the show, which, you know, that's one reason why it made it like the, you know, the biggest traveling show ever. So Mm -hmm. the truck broke down that had all of our makeup in it. So we would have a, what they call a show to show truck, which they had everything that you would need for the show. So, and then it got to the point where Lion King had two sets. So one set would already travel ahead, and then the next set would go to the next city. So that was a whole other complicated thing. But nonetheless, our trucks broke down in Montana, and they broke down for a day. And they got it together, 
we were still going to do our load, and we got to San Antonio. But you know from coming from Montana to San Antonio, Texas, it's a whole different temperature. Mm-hmm. So because the trucks had broke down and sat for a day, that's the day that I train my locals when we get to a new city. So, you know, they're learning the makeups for the first time and everything. So open the gondola up, guys. It was so cold that it, when I opened the gondolas, the the cold air from the inside of the box, it made the room almost freezing cold. So all the makeup was frozen. So that meant there was not going to be any training that night because <laughs> it was frozen <laughs> solid. So we were using Fardell, which I don't know if you're familiar with Fardell. It was out of Belgium. It's a water-based makeup. Uh-huh. So it, it's there was nothing you could do. It was frozen. Wow. And I only had one. I have one evening to to train my local people, and then the next morning we have a dress rehearsal, and then that night's a show. Mhm. Wow. So I was like, okay, well. So uh, I basically took the ladies out to dinner. We all went out to dinner, and we sat down, and I was like, okay, so here's the deal. So I got my um, color pencils out, and we started doing face charts with dinner and margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was nothing else you could do. And you so know, so it's just certain so things like that that you had to just, you know, and so that was, the, what only, else was, that that was the only makeup that you had to, that you were going to use or that you had. To yeah, use. because this was a huge, like, um, you know, I had 11, tri- 11 hampers and 14 gondolas that contained makeup, wigs, supplies, skin care, um, everything you could possibly think of that we would need for the makeup department. Mm-hmm. But at that particular time, we needed to train our local people. I mean, that's the whole purpose for us loading in and getting everything set up and just so they have an idea. So when dress rehearsal comes the next day, that's their trial run. So we all, you know, we don't do our principal makeups. We help our local people with the ensemble and the kids. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of their dress rehearsal because then that gotcha. evening we have to go do our principal people. So it's gotcha. almost like you, if I had to kind of equate it to film, if you had a day to train everybody in BG, mm-hmm. and then you know then you know the next time we're shooting, then it's all the main characters. You can't you can't do anything with. You have to just rely on the people that you know, you've trained that they're good. Right, right. Because, well, and, you know, in our case, it was like the show is happening at seven thirty, eight o'clock. So, you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, we, we had notes to give them and everything, and we would walk through them, walk them through that first dress rehearsal so they felt comfortable. And then, of course, you know, we're there and available for any questions or, you know, if anything goes horribly wrong, you know. But yeah, it's just that kind of thing that's just so like completely different from, you know, film and and it's like you always had to be on the go. Mhm. Like it it was really hard for me to start doing film 
and be sitting down all the time because I always felt like there's there's something I should be doing because for <laughs> over a decade I've been busy doing something. If I wasn't ordering something, I was, you know, restocking our box or doing a wig fitting or a makeup fitting for somebody else that's coming in that's going to be in the show in two weeks or it was always something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jennifer, can you um, walk us through a day on the Lion King? Like as soon as you step foot in the theater until it's time for you to leave, what's the day like? for those makeup artists and hairstyles out there who've never experienced it. Okay. Um, what do you mean, like a show day? Yeah, like a show day. Because, um, you know, sometimes, depending on, you know, there, there, would, there would be people that would be coming into the show and leaving the show. So there would be what they call... Um, you know, they would call it a put-in, which is their dress rehearsal because they've never been in the show. So say you get hired on the show and then you rehearse for, you know, four weeks or whatever, and then you have your dress rehearsal. So some days we have to come in early because we have to run someone through their dress rehearsal so then they're ready to go into the show. So if that was the case, some days I have to be at work at noon. So that would mean a whole day for me. And I would make sure whoever that person or people that are being put into the show, um, they were comfortable coming and getting their makeup done, um, making sure they had their proper supplies, because I would have already given them a makeup lesson. So they would be able to do their own makeup. Ensemble did their own beat. Mm -hmm. And then our local people would... Um, we would train them to do their, you know, their animal makeup or whatever change makeup that they had because we would be doing principal makeup. So in that kind of day, you're, I would be at work from 12 noon to maybe a little after midnight because hmm. in between I would maybe have an hour, an hour and a half break. But, you know, if you're, you know, resetting someone's wig or rebraiding it or painting it or doing something that you'd have to make an adjustment to, you know, after the rehearsal, then, you know, you wouldn't have that much time to kind of turn over to get ready for your, you know, your hour call or two hour call before going to the show, you know, coming, coming into your normal job. So say if there was a 730 show, I have to be at work at 530. And then I would do my presets, which I would preset all my wigs, preset all my makeup, and then get ready for whatever principal characters that were coming to my chair, which in 13 years, I did everybody's makeup. But <laughs> since I was supervisor, I, you know, uh, I did um, Scar and I did Simba's makeup. Um, and so then that would kind of free me up to be able to, Make sure everybody has what they need. What they need. Order stuff. Put out any kind of fires anywhere. So, but normally you'd, you know, if you were traveling with the show, you would do three people each, mm-hmm. and um, 
in, if you were a local person, you would be responsible for either, you know, the young Simba and the young Yala and then stage right, stage left um, ensemble makeup. Mm. And so you do the full show. And um, then at the end of a show, you would take everybody out of wig and makeup and um, you kind of give everybody their own supplies. I mean, you know, Simba, of course, we'd have to take his makeup off his back because we can't get his makeup off his back. But, you know, so we would wipe him down on his back. And then we would supply people with, you know, their own, you know, cleanser, moisturizer. I was always really good with that about skincare because you wear so much crazy stuff on your face. You need proper right. skincare. So I would make sure. So we did Kiehl's and Origins, which seemed to work pretty good for us. Um. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mario Badasco also, that was a good one, too. For anybody that was problematic, you know, as far as, like, you know, some people would break out in, um, you know, a rash or have a a back issue because, you know, their costumes are getting um, dry cleaned. And some people would be um, allergic to the dry cleaning solvent. So, you know, then that was a whole issue that you had to kind of worry about, you know, people being sensitive to different things and, you know, how the costumes were um, managed. But, you know, I always worked really well with the with costumes and um, wardrobe, I mean, wardrobe and um, puppets and all that because we were all like a team because there was every, everybody had to have so much stuff on. So you kind of all had to be on the same page. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Am I just like talking around circles, or are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Am I, am I being helpful or, or no, clear? I understand everything you're saying. Uh, you <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> Sometimes you know, because I was in that world for so long that the lingo is so like you know, it's like a second language to me. And then sometimes I'm like, well, if people are not really in that, do they understand what you're saying? <laughs> 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 but you know, now let me ask you. So, for for someone who works in theater, um, particularly a makeup artist, um, for someone who's a makeup artist working in theater, are there any special skills that they need to possess? Is it any or is it any different from working, you know, from from just a makeup artist who does film and television, or a makeup artist who does, you know, brides or editorial? Is there anything special or different that makeup artists who work in theater should know? Um, the one thing I, I'll say is because I've worked other shows, um, Lion King was a very special, rare show that was so makeup heavy um, because most shows that are, you know, Broadway's or um, any kind of live theater, a lot of people have a strong hair background. Mm -hmm. And I had a strong, you know, hair background with dealing with wigs and um, things like that. So I think um, that would be my only thing because I know – I've run into a lot of people that are very much like, oh, no, 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 I only do hair. Oh, no, 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 I only do makeup. And I think when you come from a a theater aspect, you kind of have to possess both of those. 
but I think there's a comfort level. I don't think you have to have, you know, be a hairstylist or you have to. Um, and, I mean, I'm not discounting people that are or anything like that, but I think you have to have an understanding of wigs and hair um, because most musicals, I will say, most Broadways or, or that I've worked on, you know, makeup has not been that important because a lot of actors do their own makeup. It's mostly about the hair and the wig. Mm-hmm. So that would be the only thing. Um, if you have a comfort level of that or you might want to get comfortable doing that kind of thing because I think out of, with the exception of like, and I'm just speaking of when I got on Lion King, the only other show that I knew that there was like a makeup artist that traveled was Aida. And, um, but everyone else pretty much, they were in charge of their own makeup. You know, they had someone teach it to them, and then the person that's on the road who's the hair supervisor normally would, you know, have access to ordering their makeup or making sure they had the proper supplies. But as far as it being as makeup-heavy as our show was, it's, I just haven't run into any shows like that. So I guess my that would be my thing is I would say, you know, have a strong comfort level of of hair and wigs. Gotcha. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes plenty of sense. Yeah. Because um, um it's not it's just not like that. Like I I've worked, you know, different um you know, various, you know, musicals and things like that and there's simply just not a makeup artist that travels. So that's, that was really, you know, Lion King is very unique in that, that, you know, you have to pretty much be makeup heavy mm-hmm. because of the type of wigs. I mean, there's, a, you know, a few lace front wigs and things like that, but, you know, it's not like a, uh, a heavy you know, wig situation, not like, you know, White Christmas or, um, right. you know, something that would be like very stylized and, you know, you got to mm-hmm. know the history and, you know, that type of thing. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. In terms of creating characters, have you noticed, or notice any differences or similarities in doing film and TV and versus theater? You mean as far as like um, character development or? You know, like, okay, so you're in The Lion King, you know the kind of character work that you have to do with that. Um, you know, on film and TV um, productions, um, you know, I mean, everybody's a character <laughs> in film and TV. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it's whether it's straight beauty makeup or whether it's something you know specialized performance makeup, because um, I know, like for instance, on the show Step Up, we do a lot of performance. Um, we do a lot of performance makeup. Um, just mm-hmm. in your in your experience in some of the shows that you've worked, as well as on Lion King, have, do you see a lot of any similarities in um, in the makeup? that you do on Lion King with some of the things that you've done in film and TV, or is it just to- all totally different? 
Um, I think it's a lot similar because, you know, at the end of the day, regardless, um, if I had to compare it to Lion King or any other, you're still building a character. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you know that character's um, storyline and is, you know, it's, you know, if you're doing straight beauty makeup and it's, you know, the, you know, the young boy that has never gotten any type of acceptance and he looks, you know, downtrodden and he's not very, you know, confident or um, I think you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, that develop, you know, that character and you know um, that he's flawed in some sense. So you kind of know what, how how to make him look, you know, as Mm -hmm. opposed to like, you know, dealing with Lion King and, you know, you got Mufasa and you got Scar and you know Scar has been the one that's like, you know, he's been through a lot and, you know, so you know he's the 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 lion that's going to look crazy as opposed to Mufasa who's, you know, he's the king and he's this and that. And, you, you know, you have another character that feels like he should be that person. So, right. No, I don't. I don't think it's different. I think a character is a character. You just have to know the backstory. Absolutely. Let me ask you: Could you have ever imagined your career without the Lion King? And if so, what would that look like? What do you think it would huh. look like? Um. I I think it I would have it would have taken me a lot longer to be well rounded mm-hmm. because I was in a, a situation where I had to to be around so many different types of people. Um which I have to say it made me, I always felt like an oddball and being around so many different people that were like-minded like me, I, it made me feel like, well, I'm not as weird as I thought I was <laughs> because there's other people that are actually interested in some of the things that I'm interested in and have the same feelings that I have and... Um, but come from so many different walks of life, which was always really cool to me. And the one reason why I thought it was a good idea to go on tour because um, at the time, all I was really doing here is working, and I wasn't really going or doing many things, and I wanted to. I wanted to travel, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do things. And I think because I met so many different people that were from so many different places, that made me curious to go and do and meet other people. So I guess, you know, my career with Lion King really framed me and and gave me a, I don't know, like a, a, I guess like the will to go and do to do stuff and not be afraid to do it. 
Uh-huh. Because I felt like, well, what do you have to lose? I mean, because I was, I was like, sitting at home, that you know, in 2002, I wasn't doing anything here. I had so many people that I knew that were, like, either married or getting married or and on Saturday night I was sitting at home. So I guess for so long I felt like it was all good to be at least in another city and, you know, getting into a different culture for a different country or whatever, and I wasn't sitting at home on a Saturday or Friday night. So right. I don't know. I think my career – I, I think I would have still come out on the other side of it, like where I am now. I think it would have just taken me longer because I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I wanted more, and sitting at home was not getting it for me. And I, I was not a club person or a party person or anything like that, but I wanted to go places and learn things and learn about people and, you know, different things and I don't know. Right. I don't know. I think I would have been maybe. I'd like to think I'd be in the in the same place, but I think it, it propelled me to to get there quicker. Right. Because of the different people that I met. You know, you so, don't meet many so, people that are like, okay, yeah, let's go to Venice. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go to Cambodia. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So 13 years. I still can't believe it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 13 years, and then you've decided, you know, enough. Yeah, that part. Well, it's like anything else. You do it. Um, especially when you have something that's out for such a long time, mm-hmm. it changes just like everything else. You know, nothing stays the same. Um, honestly, I basically taken me three years to even feel like. I can actually unpack my life. I mean, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm carrying a purse just yet, but I do have like a little fanny pack and small things like that because I used to live (laughs) out of a backpack. You know what I mean? It's just... And I've been going through my closet uh, last week and... I'm looking at things that I bought along the way, and I'm like, I just don't know what my life is right now <laughs> because <laughs> apparently I I have purpose for all the stuff that's in my closet, and now I'm like, wow, really, Jen? <laughs> um, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I'll tell you that, but it's just quite an adjustment when – You've been a gypsy for over a decade, and Mm -hmm. I'm still excited to go to Costco and, you know, buy rolls and rolls of toilet paper and paper towels and, (laughs) you know, buy the two-pack of of toothpaste and 
you know, right. get the big kosher salt and, <laughs> you know, have condiments that I don't have to give away in six weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just like, I still look at my car and I'm like, this is really my car. <laughs> it's not a rental. Sometimes I come out of the places and I look and I'm like, um, what car am I in? <laughs> so, because each city you, you rent in a new car, each city, correct? I would. I, you know, that's why I can walk everywhere because um, I left here in a, like a, uh, forerunner, mm-hmm. and I had that car long enough to pay it off, and then, um, <laughs> then I was going to be in Canada for six months, and my car became a mobile storage unit. <laughs> so I was like, "Why are you doing this?" So I finally sold my car, and then you know, when I I went to different cities, I'd get a train pass, or I'd walk to the theater, or I'd have my housing somewhere near, you know, where I was in like less than a mile radius, you know, to the theater, and you know, you start to live very basic. Like, what am I doing on the road with a forerunner when I didn't? In the beginning, I had the time to drive to different cities because we had more time in between. But, you know, later on down the line, you wrap, you know, wrap. Now, see, now I'm all in film and television land. We close the show Mm -hmm. on Sunday, and then, you know, we load out on Sunday and then load in on Monday or Tuesday night. I had no time to drive from, you know, Portland to Baltimore. I had to get on a plane and ship my car. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's, it's all those things that you have. People think it's so glamorous to, like, be on the road and touring and everything, but logistically and, and, you know, trying to live a, a halfway normal life and um, conducive to the point where you wanted to save money and, you know, try to have, you know, some type of something when you're done with all this. You know, it was a lot of planning. It was a lot of planning. Wow. So you're back in Atlanta. You've been back for three years now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. was was getting back on a film and television set hard to get used to it, or you just fell right back in? No, it was very hard to get used to. The sitting killed me. <laughs> Because I told you my life was so, I was always doing something. Um, so, yeah, that was really hard for me. It's, it's because it was such a long period of my life doing theater, I had completely forgotten the protocol of what film and television. I had just, I did. I I, I completely 
it took me a minute to be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that's always thinking ahead and because I had to, but I always, that's why doing what I did for so long didn't bother me because I always was that kind of person anyway, thinking ahead. Um, so, yeah, it was just a different beat to get back into. It's just different. It's a different beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, the they left. both have their, their they both have their craziness. Don't get me wrong. So I won't say, oh, I, I'm not going to say, oh, well, one's better than the other. I don't. I don't think that. I think they're just they're just different scenarios that take adjusting to. Right. Absolutely. So, last question of the night. Okay. What is your definition of beauty? My definition of beauty is. I don't know. I think I'm back to like how we started the conversation off. Um, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of everything. Uh, There's so much you create or so much that can be created from beauty. Um. I don't know. I think it's so individual. I really do. And I hate to be all, all like cliche-ish and say beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but I honestly think that it's your own your own journey of what you think beauty is. Because beauty can be so I like what you think is beauty and what I think is beauty is two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's still just built up with just the, the it, it, it's in everything you see. It's in color. It's in the environment, it's in culture, history. Some people think beauty is more aesthetic and more, I, I don't know, I do, but I think you can see beauty in everything. So I would just say beauty is, beauty is whatever you want it to be. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what I mean? That's how yes. I see it. Because I, when I see... When I think of beauty, it's almost like someone asking me what's my favorite color, because I I can't give you that. Mhm. Because I see something in all colors, but that's just me. I'm weird, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Jennifer, share with our audience where people can find you on social media. Oh dear. Um. Well, um, you know, really at heart because it's easy to talk to you guys because I know you guys, but normally, you know, I am not this much of a talker. <laughs> and so I don't really have a big social media, and I'm I'm getting better. I'm getting better. So I have some things that I'm, I'm trying to do. But I am on Twitter. I don't even know my Twitter handle. I think I'm Jennifer... Ivy 11, but I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram as Jen Ivy Psalm 1, 
and um, I'm on Facebook, Jennifer Heidi. And Jennifer Ivy is spelled I-V-E-Y. That's what I thought, I-V-E-Y. I-V-E-Y. And, yes, on Twitter you are Jennifer I-V-E-Y 11. Yes. And I'm working on the whole social media thing. I'm, you know, I may post a little food from time to time and things like that, but I'm getting better. Keep in mind, I was I was in a I was in a bubble for thirteen years, so <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly, gradually trying to come out. Not a problem. Sorry, you guys, I got disconnected. Oh, oh no! Wow. <laughs> Why you were you all sitting there in silence? Oh, no. no. We, we were talking about my social media. I was wondering okay. why you were silent, though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. Well, we, well, this was definitely. fun, you guys. I hope, you know, I, I answered um, your questions effectively. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. Um no, you it was just like my world for so long, and I'm so passionate about it. Well, people, people and like I, I still that, love the theater. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was saying people like to hear that, though. Even though you may think you're rambling on, but, you know, that's not what we hear. We're we're kind of like, we kind of get lost in what you're saying, not because we don't understand what you're saying, but it's like, for me, I'm like putting myself in your shoes. Like, oh, my God, what would this, you know, what would this life be like? if I were in this position and I'm just listening to you and just imagining myself there while all this stuff mm-hmm. is happening. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is a little chaotic. <laughs> and like, I, and like I told you, and like I told you before, Jennifer, I've, I've had one experience with the theater um, for a week. And so as I'm listening yes. to you, I'm thinking back on my experience and just kind of comparing the notes. So mm-hmm. um, I totally get everything you said, for sure. Oh, good, good. So I don't feel like a crazy person. <laughs> no, but it's just it's so different. You know, it's just so different. And it's like, you know, um, I always love, you know, if I meet someone on set that has, you know, some kind of theater background that I'm like, okay, so you completely understand what I'm going through, especially when I first got back, because I was just like a fish out of water completely. Um, and it's so crazy because you get so um, accustomed to that rigmarole and that whole lifestyle that you forget. And you're, I just felt like a fish out of water for so long. Mhm. And you know when you know I, my beginning yes was was theater, and then I moved here and I got a whole like you know eight years worth of beauty and everything, and then went out into the theater world, and I'm you know I had to kind of give myself a break, like you know when you first started back with theater, you know you felt like oh my god I can't do this. 
And so then when I came back here and I'm like, oh, my God, can I still do this again? I mean, this is so different. And, you know, it's just it kind of plays with your um, your confidence of thinking what you can do and what you can't because you've done something for so long. Right. And, you know, then once I was like, you know what? You've got to be kidding me. Of course you can do this. Mm-hmm. But you just have that sense of doubt because of, you know, you know, what you've been accustomed to doing. Right. And I guess that's another thing, too, is like, you know, because things were so different here, you know, back in 97 as opposed to now, you know, there was a variety of things that you could play around with to do. Mm -hmm. You just weren't doing one thing. And, you know, so then therefore, you, you know, you kind of felt like, okay, well, all right, today I switch feet and I do this. Okay, well, then I go back to doing that. And then, you know, you didn't feel so like, oh, no, it's just all film and television. Right. Well, right. no, it was different. You know, you guys remember. It was mm-hmm. Because I, I think I did a little bit of everything. I, I mean, I was doing music videos, television news, you know, local yeah. news, CNN. I was doing commercials. I was doing corporate videos, film and TV. I mean, even working at the, freelancing at the counter. So, I mean, my hands touched everything. Everything, yeah, because when you and I met, we were like, okay, so what are you doing this week? I mean, we were doing that. You started doing the, um, which I just found that T-shirt. I was so just cleaning out my closet. I found <laughs> the Motive T-shirt. <laughs> Do you remember that? I somewhat remember it. I don't know if I still have mine. <laughs> I had no idea, and that just kind of ran across it. But anyway, yeah. So, you know, like you said, we just had our hands in so many different things. It just wasn't one thing. So you didn't feel um, so out of place, you know, doing stuff. You know, someone called you right. to do something, you're like, okay. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, oh, I gotta think about this and whatnot. And then yeah, it was just different. It was just different, but yeah. I'm glad yeah. I had the experience. Um wouldn't trade trade it for the world and um met incredible people along the way. Um and would I do it again? Yeah, I would. Mhm. Nice. Totally. Nice. I would do it again. In a heartbeat. Nice. It's good to know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jennifer. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. Oh, wait a minute. You, you went out for a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Now I can. Okay. I was saying thank you again for joining us tonight, and I wanted to also thank um, those who are out there listening online or listening by phone. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Valerie Patterson. I'm shouting you out uh, for tuning in. Oh, and um, I think Carla Wallace is going to tune in. There's a couple people tuning in that you know. Um, oh, so that's exciting. Thank you, ladies, for tuning in and supporting us all. Um, and well, thank you thank to our you. listeners. We have listeners all over the world. 
Um, so we thank our listeners who are tuning in from London. Uh, you know, this is normally what my sister yeah. does. Maybe you can tell everybody where they tune in from because, you know, I I stop after one or two places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, they, of course, they tune in from here in the U.S. And then um, our neighbors north of us, they tune in from Canada. They tune in from yeah. London, from Ireland. They tune in from Singapore, Um Botswana, Uganda, South Africa, Nigeria, of course. Um, oh my God, you name it. They listen. They listen. Thank That's God. Fantastic. Yes, thankful. We are so thankful. We've been doing this for eleven years now, and we've we've just about interviewed everybody you can um, you can think of. So I'm just really I'm grateful sure. for the platform, grateful for the platform and the opportunity. Um, and just thankful for the listeners because that's that's pretty much why we do it. We give back to the beauty industry by sharing other um, beauty industry professionals so they get an opportunity to tell their stories. So thank you again, Jennifer, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in tonight. We greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. 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 Well, we're going to call it a night. So everyone, thank you again for tuning in. Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good Good night. night. Thank you. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com, friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 691 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today.